This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. The voices and opinions from this podcast do not represent the teams, the players, the organizations, or our very special guests work for. OIW Podcast Network probably brings to you the mascot support group podcast, energized by Ray's Energy, with your hosts, Irving, Joseph, and Jolly, and friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Mascot Nation, welcome back to the furriest and the fuzziest show on the web. This is the Mascot Support Group Podcast. I am one of your hosts, JMB, from the Lone Star State of Texas, and tonight, I am New York's favorite son. Again. Because the Mets Again. choked it away. You're, hi, New York. I love you. Uh, now, Wait, but you're wearing a Texas Rangers hat. Come on. Shut up. Introducing <laughs> our introducing my co-host, mascot dude, Charlie Bruno, Lucas Bradley, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, professor, Professor Payton, Irvin, and join us tonight from the Fatesville Marksman, the former Marky Marksman, Noah Moore. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, glad to be with you guys. Uh, as you mentioned, former mascot for the Marksman. Uh, we'll talk more about my history and mascot, I guess. But uh, glad to be with you guys. Thank you guys for the invite. Much appreciated. It's so awesome yeah. to have my fellow Croatian Noah on here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and, and, also, and the thing is, tonight the main topic is, is community, um, community outreach, and how important it is to, uh, for a mascot to be in the community. But and before we make- go into that, um, we are, like I said, we are energized by Ray's energy. Yes, they're making um, their return to the podcast tonight. Yeah, let's go. So, um, they have great flavors. Um, great thing about um, Ray's energy is they were, it's still sugar. You, you get your amino acid, your BCAAs, you get your hydration, your recovery. You, you say focus. It's 300 milligrams of caffeine. You feel good. Um, they have so many great flavors. I just picked up their limited edition flavor, Sunny Tea. And and the thing is, it makes it um, that flavor very good. It's, if you like the Arnold Palmer, about half lemonade, half tea, you'll like this flavor. So that is their limited edition flavor um, that they have. It is called Sunny Tea. You can get it at repspurts.com. Use the mascot, use the code mascots when you check out and you get 15%. And if you do, if you don't feel comfortable doing online shopping, you can also get it at Sam's Club. So give give Ray's energy a try and stay energized. So, so now with that plug being um, taken care of. It is time for mascot of the week with Professor Peyton. Howdy, y'all. I'm Professor Peyton, the mascot professor. And today's mascot of the week is Buster Bronco from uh, Western Universe, uh, Western Michigan University in Row Kalamazoo, Michigan. Row the boat. Uh, Buster was introduced, or actually, yeah, he was introduced in. Wait, what is it? Let me. They adopted the nickname the Broncos in 1939, the university. Buster was adopted in the early 1980s, and he was originally a student wearing a horse hat. The um, 
team originally gave him a very cartoony look in the early 90s. And then in 2017, they redesigned him to have a fierce, muscular look. And this sparked a massive controversy and debate among students at the university and fans of the team. And it spawned a petition to bring the old mascot back that got up to 1,600 signatures. So yes, this mascot of the week is Buster Bronco of Western uh, Michigan University in Kalamazoo. Now, my questions for you guys today are how much input do you think that fans of a team, students at a university should have on the design of their mascot? As I just mentioned, Buster's redesign prompted a massive petition and controversy. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, the fans are an integral part of the fan experience, so I think they should definitely have a voice in uh, what their mascot is and what represents them <laughs> but um you know sometimes you know i think if you you know give too much power to the fans then that causes a problem so you need to create a balance yeah it definitely um, is a balance um because i know we were talking about it a few weeks ago a few episodes ago how um washington um football club is doing their name, name the mascot and design the mascot um, From my personal standpoint, I think that Buster's redesign looks better than the old one, but I can understand if you're used to seeing something for so long, when the design of it suddenly changes, there's going to be nostalgic people. Yep, and the thing is, uh, I'll say this, when FAU, they, when they told me that um, Alice was getting updated, redesigned to what he is today, and they told me all the names that they were thinking of, and they said Owsley was still up there. I was saying, and they made it a student vote on on a name. And I was so happy that the students decided to keep the name Owsley. Because the only way you can have tradition in a school is having something for a long time, and I change it every few years. So it is good to have the students input on it and so my other I, question for you guys is from the perspective of the team's spirits or the image the team is projecting plus taking into account fan interaction like younger audiences do you think that a fierce you know more fit warrior looking mascot is better or a cartoony more broadly appealing mascot is better well, honestly, you know, some fan environments are, are more friendly than others. Like some environments are family friendly, you know, like the Allen Americans. Uh, and of course, my Dallas sidekicks, they um, make sure that their environment is family friendly and they commit themselves to that. So obviously you have friendly looking mascots like Biscuit and Kit. Um, but, you know, also the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, like Philly is a sports town. So obviously you're probably going to have like a more intimidating mascot there. I, I think when intimidating comes to mind, I think one of the mascots we think about uh, is Skates of the Chicago Wolves, like very fierce. Um, you know, it, it looks like he, he would eat you. You know, some maybe kids wouldn't be a fan of him, but maybe that's not, you know, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe some teams want 
a more intimidating look. So it just depends on the fan base and depends on the sport. I, I have an opinion. On I was going to say that, like, you know, in my experience, you know, Scrappy from the Scrappers, one of my all-time favorite mascots, he's very, very, very fierce looking, but, you know, kids still love him. You know, and but the minor league baseball stadium like that is a more family friendly environment. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were talking about Scrappy Doof and Scooby Doo. So, no, I was talking about Scrappy from the Mahoney Valley okay. Scrappers, Lucas. Hey, so, hey, Lucas, you said you had an opinion on it? Yeah, yeah. Um I feel like um in my case, um I feel like fans should definitely get an input on redesigning a a character because let me know because um the fans because the the fans also want to know what their characters could appeal to them like do they do they want something fierce or do they want something cuddly for the kids well, what do you think of it from like an image projection standpoint like the team trying to project a more scary or more fierce or more warrior like looking image as opposed to the opposite I well, again, feel like that. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just say it, it kind of depends more on the t- on what the team wants. Basically, if they want to go mm. for a um um a fierce image, go for that. But if they want to go for a childlike, cartoon-like image, go for that. It to me, it kind of depends on what the team wants and desires for for the for the look of their mascot. That's just I mean, as I said, from a personal standpoint, I think Buster's current design looks a lot better than the old, cute, you know, toony one. But I can understand right. why some fans quickly got nostalgic for the old one. Because you got to remember, Buster, at least the goofy, toony incarnation of him was launched in 1991. He was redesigned right. in 2017, meaning oh, well over a decade had passed. So people had gotten used to him. Well, you know, you know again, it say, just depends you know, on. Go ahead. I know Crystal had an opinion on it. Yeah, okay. what what is it, Crystal? I um, think that you know, from the standpoint of scaring children, I've been many very cute mascots, and I still scare young children anyway. Um, so I don't think that has a ton of uh, weight, because I think young children are going to be scared of a giant cuddly teddy bear just as much as they're going to be scared of a giant thing with teeth. Um, So as far as that standpoint of scaring children, I don't think it matters. But as far as should you go one way or the other, I think it just depends on the logo of the team and what direction they want to go with it. Um, You can have a really scary you know, mascot with teeth and still be Hunter uh, in the NHL and some of the other characters, you know. So I think it doesn't have as much weight in reality as maybe it does in our heads. I'd like to get my Croatian brother Noah here's opinion on this. So I've been a variety of mascots in my time. So when I was at Western Carolina and, you know, our the it's a catamount if you're wondering it's a catamount uh the head you know it's kind of designed it's kind of was kind of designed in a very friendly way but it had a little bit of fierceness to like it's it's teeth and whatnot the last two i've been 
uh, especially Marky. Marky, you know, the logo for the Marksman was a very fierce-looking fox. And, you know, with the with the suit design of Marky, he had a bit more of a friendlier face and was a little more toony. But over the crystal, like I think it's no matter what, you can you're gonna get you're gonna scare kids. There's always gonna be some kids, even if you could be like the most cartoonishly adorable looking mascot, you're going to scare kids. Like I'm, I've, I've come used to it. Like, yeah. And that's why I, I would, I'd, even if, even the hardest you work, it's still going to happen. Even if the design was on the question of like fan input, I could definitely see it. I've seen it backfire. Um, there was a story in our league that I learned uh, working for the, in the pioneer league this year as a broadcaster about the grand junction Rockies, when there was a big fan campaign to name the team, the Chubbs. And suffice to say, the organization hated it because they were the Rockies and they didn't want to be named after a humpback fish that lives in the area. Now they have to get renamed and now <laughs> it's getting bad for them, suffice to say, especially when their owner tweeted out that Chubbs has a certain kind of meeting. So I've seen it backfire in all kinds of ways, but you never know. I think fan input is important. We don't want it to dictate the entire thing. I think that's I mean, a great from a point because standpoint, yeah. I agree with what Lucas said. Payton. That it's more about what the individual team is going for. Yes. Uh, so Joseph, what were you saying? I think there's one glaring example of this. And you know, of course, you know, he, he made a great point, you know, about you know the organization hating it and you know it, you know, of course it bat backfiring on the fans, you know. So sometimes if you give the fans too much power, sometimes it can result in bad things like that. But I think there's one glaring example of this. Actually, two. Uh, one, mm -hmm. Char Charlie, someone like you is going to know this. We're wrestling fans. And we know oh, some mm -hmm. wrestling cities are very specific about what they like. True. And, of course, Philadelphia is one of them that comes to mind. So, and they're going to let you know if they don't like something. So I think it really just comes down to the culture in the city. And uh, the other one is... I think the big learning example of is Pierre, the Pelican of the New Orleans Pelicans. When he was first debuted, he was terrifying. Like everybody thought it was the most terrifying looking mascot they've ever seen. And How it got make so a Pelican bad. Look terrifying. Within a, it, it well, j just research it. Uh, well, I'll say Peyton. Yeah. Take, take the um, Mardi Gras baby. Okay. The New Orleans uh -huh. Mardi Gras baby. And a pelican, put it together. That's what you got. That yeah, sounds like so, something out of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, the NBA actually jumped in on this, and they had when they went with the redesign for Pierre, which he he got changed within a few weeks. Like it was that bad that they changed him within a few weeks of his debut um, because he was so scary looking. Um, you know the. Um, the NBA jumps in on the rest of the mascots appeared in a video where they were redesigning him and helping with the redesign. And of course, when he you know got the redesign, he looked a lot more friendly looking. So, yeah, I, I think it just really depends on the culture. I think is what I mean on, on on this mascot of the week. You know, with Buster, I think his current design is absolutely perfect. It's the perfect mix of both cute and fierce looking. I really like his current design. So you feel they have a nice balance to it yeah it's the same way that like you know with scrappy he has that you know like glaring teeth and everything but he's still very very kind and loving to his fans you know he still has a large adoring audience you know so 
do you guys, I think we can all agree that, you know, mascots are going to scare certain kids. That's just a yeah. given no matter how they look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is with Owsley, um, you, uh, I tell, this is how I look at Owsley when he debuted. You take the old mascot, Hootie, um, that they had before 2006. Owlsley is a better name. Wait, wait, unless, and you take the 2006 to the 2010-2011 Owlsley, my error, and you put them, you mash them together, and that's the Owlsley you have today. Because um, the, um, the, the pre on the hoodie from before 2006, he had that fierce looking, fierce in his eyes. They went, to Al- they went to Owsley version one, um, my error, Owsley, and he was more cartoonish. Well, here's another example I can give. The previous, like, first iteration design of Scrappy, he looked more like an otter with a massive head than a dog, and it was significantly more toony looking. And now he looks, you know, he's now clearly a dog, but he has a more fierce looking design. What do you guys think? Yeah. Who seriously Google Scrappy's original design? Which is literally what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Mahoning scrappers, right? Mahoning Valley scrappers. Mahoning Valley, okay. Yeah. Personally, as I said, I really like Buster Bronco's modern design. Because his original cute toonie design honestly looked like someone hollowed out a stuffed animal and turned it into a mascot head. I just have curiosity, what year are you referring to? Like his original design, like from 10 years ago. Oh, I see it. I see it. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I think I think I'm, I'm, I think I see the one from 2001. I think that's what you're referring to. And oh, wow. <laughs> Don't you think oh. Scrappy looks better now than he did? The same way Buster looks better now than he did? Oh, yes. much better. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, much better. You're talking about the gray one is the modern one and the brown one is the old one? Uh, Scrappy's always been gray. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm seeing then online. Buster's always met- been brown. I think I'm... Met- well, I think, you know, this has been a, a little great discussion here. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely uh, a good um, discussion for uh, Mascot of the Week. Uh, thank you, Peyton, for uh, bringing us uh, another great mascot that we can, um, you know, love and uh, appreciate. And that is Buster the Bronco. Row the boat, Western Michigan. I remember when uh, uh, ESPN College Game Day hosted uh, their show in Western Michigan when they played Buffalo. And Greg Jennings, former player for Western Michigan, um, was on the show. So obviously, Western Western Michigan has you know made athletes before. Well, you know, you're welcome, holiday. Joseph. And with that, I'm going to hand this over to my friend Lucas Bradley for wrapping up the mass singer cliffhanger from the last episode. Yes. All right. As promised. So, hello, everyone. I'm Lucas Bradley. Um. Um. I would say mascot co- cosplayer, um, 
um, Feral Agamemnon, all that. But I'm also a Matt Super fan. So last week on Matt, uh, wait, wait, first, uh, before we get to the review, we were gonna we're gonna start off with the cliffhanger from the last episode, which was I'm gonna ask you this a very important question. You may not if any haven't seen the Mass Singer, that's perfectly fine. So the question I I must ask you all is if you were to be on the Mass Singer or any singing competition that is similar to the Mass Singer, what so like, would your cost? Almost like Mass Singer, Masked Dancer. Um, we call like secret drag celebrity drag race, like, like, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, what would your costume be? Hmm. Well, honestly, since I'm from Texas, you know, I think about two different animals. I think about a coyote and I think about a prairie dog. Not too bad. All right. You think you have, you have a name for him? Well, I mean, they just call them the coyote or they call them the prairie dog they don't really give them a name <laughs> yeah they, yeah they they basically just yeah they just give out the name of the animal um i would say even that uh, i i have like jazz if it's easy i would, i think a monkey some kind <laughs> of like monkey crossover uh chim- like a chimp uh like a, a gorilla meets a chimpanzee or a chimpanzee meets an orangutan? Almost. He like wants some, to be king, some, Louis. Some, he wants to be the swingingest king of the apes, man. <laughs> <laughs> really? You have to get my 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 um my love for, for Disney in there somehow? I want to be like you. I want to <laughs> talk like you. <laughs> we don't want to get copyrighted for this. <laughs> but um, we have, we, you know what? We're not singing the song, but we all have the song in our head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so. Christopher Walken. <laughs> so, one, because one of my favorite creatures is the manatee. I don't know if that's feasible in like mascot form, but I would be a manatee. The sea cow. Okay. Work. That could work. Irvin? Um, I mean, I'll be a gator. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, we I mean, technically we had uh, an alligator, a pink one, with uh, Nick Carter, I think, from season three, if I recall. It, it yeah. was a crocodile. There, there's a difference between a crocodile and an alligator. Don't right. uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Noah? Thanks. Thanks for coming. I'd have to say either a lion or a goat. Why not? So, <laughs> so I mean, we had, we, had, we, had, we had technically a lion, from, well, not really a lion, but more like a lioness. Um, sort of like a lion, um, Rumor Willis from season one of The Masked Singer, which is very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. uh, Goat could work, though. Um, oh, gosh. Um, now for... Oh, Urban, um, 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 do you want to answer? Uh, What's going um, on? Um, if, you were, if you were to be on The Masked Singer or any singing competition that's similar to The Masked Singer in any way, what would your costume be? I said a gator. Oh, you're answer. So it's me. So to me. So we asked. One second. We asked on social media, and we posted um this morning of time of recording, because Instagram stories only last twenty four hours. Yes. And I want to make sure we had as many as possible. So one person, um, I'm pulling it up right now. Has said. Raymond. 
Tampa Bay Rays mascot. Hey, there you go. Um, but the thing is, uh, uh, like in that case, it'd be a a, a sea dog. Oh yeah, yeah, a sea dog um, that could work. It'll be a sea dog. Then right. our, our, our friend James of the podcast, he said root beer float. Root beer, what? A root beer what? float. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. That would okay. Oh my god. So I think we have, we haven't gone to me yet. Um, so if you were to ask me this question, um, there's two animals that come to mind. Some people would look at me and say, Oh, I'm a, I'm a funny guy, so maybe a hyena because I laugh a lot and I'm really funny. Um, but because I worked at a wonderful restaurant and I performed this animal before, and I know we already had a bowl, I think for me, because I like these big, ch- this big, um, bulging characters, I think I'd rather be a cow. All right. Okay. Because I, I worked with this animal before, um, at a restaurant can't say which one. You probably know which one it is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's probably going to be cow or hyena for me. I eat, think the winner... Eat more chicken. Me, I, I I think... Wait, what? I think he probably knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. I I think the winner for me is root beer float because I have a... <laughs> see, the, I, I have a really quick story about root beer floats. So, Irvin, you're from Boston, right? Yeah. Well, okay, was- so... Back uh, in about 2008, so this is when my family was running the youth, uh, the, the youth camps that I did uh, long ago. I was a kid. Uh, it was 2008, and we had this guest speaker come in for the week from Boston, and um, uh, my mom was making root beer floats uh, one night for the staff meeting, and um, he comes in, he's like, hey, bring me a root beer float. And then my mom, uh, of course, my mom's very polite, and, you know, she's like, okay, would you like ice cream with that? And then He's like, you know, bring me a root beer float. And she says, okay. And she takes the root beer float and the bottle of root beer, pours it all over him. And and, and then she stands in front of him and says, Oh my God. And, 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 and she says, You don't talk to a Texas woman like that. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, 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 that's my quick story about, about root beer floats. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Best root, beer, best root beer float is A and W. Oh, A and W root beer with um, with um, I say Eddie's um, Eddie's vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And uh, bluebell, bluebell. You say bluebell. <laughs> a bluebell's amazing. I love bluebell. Yeah, it's like. All right, now on with the review. So I did write down no. <laughs> so last week or a few days ago was. TV theme week or TV theme night on Mass Singer. And it started off with obviously because Robin Thick is the son of Alan Thick from Growing Pangs. Robin Thick sang the theme song of Growing Pangs, which is as long as we got each other with a little TV show intro style, which is amazing. Yeah, that, and, that was a great uh, intro. And boy, that was emotional. And Robin, obviously, he got, I think he kind of looks like Alan in a way, Robin Thick does. Um, he got the looks from his dad, but the voice from his mother. Couldn't agree more. Yes, and mom was in the audience. <laughs> it, was, it was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His mom was in the audience. I forgot. So <laughs> we're gonna. So I'm gonna do like performances first, and then the um, judges guesses, and then I'm asking at the end. So first up, we had a new guest or a new new mass singers, the mummies. 
which is and three of them. So the clues went like this. Hey, you turn out the volume on that TV. Yeah, we're yeah, we're coming to you live and in color. Now sit back and you'll hear a tale of how it came to be. Sort of in the theme of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Galway's Island. Yeah. They said I, that, um, we, and they said that we watched them grow up and might even consider them family. They say sibling bonds are the strongest, right? They learned, and they, and they said that they learned a lot from the, from each other, and they probably taught a few life lessons as well. They're a high five. And it says, tonight feels good to, tonight it feels so good to get the mummy fan back together for another reunion. And of course, the, the items, and of course, the clues included, um, a blueprint for a house that says iconic on it, a picture of season two's Fox or Wayne Brady, a copy of Tiger Pop, Pop magazine with them on it, and an admit one ticket to the cinema all appear in the first clue package. And of course, their performance was the theme of the monkeys. I thought that was and so funny. Instead of hey, we're the monkeys, it's hey, we're the mummies, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Their TV clue was presented by none other than 90210 star and unicorn from, from season one, Tori Spelling. They brought she brought along blended berry brothers smoothie packets. And they said it it's good for the soul, refreshing and classic, and the smoothies are t- are pretty good too. And of course, we'll get to the judges' guesses afterwards. Um so next up we so next up, we have the fortune teller. Um, the clue said, growing up and watching TV in Queens, I had visions of being a, mu- a big music king. Started in a Wheel of Fortune theme type of package. Of course, he, wa- he wasn't the best singer, so he tried out for dance. <laughs> so he tried out dancing, but he got beat up by Jermaine Dupree. Okay. And then soon, everyone wanted to dash I mean, the music video says an unusual offer came in while he while he was keeping up with the Kardashians, and if it wasn't for them, he might have missed out. And some of the clues, clues included a business card, a will of fortune that said that lands on jackpot, an angel in a briefcase full of money, pictures of the Kardashian family, a sign for accept or decline, and raining money all appear in the first package. His performance was Moving On Up, which is the theme song of the Jeffersons. Moving on up, that one. And then his TV night clue was presented by Full House and Fuller Night House, the one responsible for how rude Jody Sweeten. His, his TV night theme included was New York Fresh Pizza Dough, delivered by Jody Sweeten. With a little time, you and he said, with a little time, you too can turn dough into your own piece of pie, which is amazing. We'll get we'll get to that soon. And then finally, we have the reigning queen of the mass singer so far, the harp, which means if she had moved, if she wins, she moves on to the semifinals. Her clue package inclu- included this queen. So obviously, her, her her clues from the previous packages came um, came back for this one, and a new a new and a new clue included um a clue for her third clue package was. Christmas themed cupcake with a Santa, with Santa on it saying, "Hey, I got royalties for these, right?" And of course, she th- she sang the theme song of the Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend, which is amazing. And her team night clue was presented by Tori Spelling again. Her clue was 
purple mashed potatoes. And she said, these purple mashed potatoes are almost too powerful or too beautiful to match. But I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't do a good mashed potato? And I have, so, all, so that's done. Out of three, the mummies got, the mummies got, un, are getting unwrapped. Get it? Unwrapped because mummies. Doom. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so now I move on to the judges' guesses before we get to the actual unmasking. Um, Nicole thought it was, originally thought it was the 90210 boys, um, Brian Austin Green, Ian Ziering, and Justin Priestley. Uh, by the way, Nicole, um, Brian Austin Green was already on the show as the giraffe from season four. Just FYI. And then, of course, she changed her guest to the Brave Boys, Mike Lookin' Land, Barry Williams, and Christopher Knight. Uh, Ken, okay. I don't know how to say no, this. No, Ken. <laughs> well, he said the Hensworth brothers, and then he said the Lawrence brothers, which is Matt, Joey Matthew and um, Martin Lawrence. He, he made this, it was supposed to be Andrew Lawrence because he's related to them. Mark Lawrence is nowhere related to Joey and Matthew Lawrence at all. And I'm gonna and also Martin Lawrence and also Martin Lawrence can sing. What the hell is he thinking? Well, true. And I add, sit your hold on. <laughs> sit your sit your butt down, Dan. And then of course, during the unmasking, Jenny thought that they were the boys from Home Improvement. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Zachary Ty Bryan, and Tara Nolan Smith. And Robin couldn't think of any, couldn't think of anyone, so he decided to share um, Nicole's guest, which is the Brady Boys. And then, of course, Robin and Nicole got right with the Brady Boys, Mike Looking, mm -hmm. Larry Williams, and Christopher Knight, which is amazing. Um, and then, of course, after the masking, they sang one of the classic songs from Brady Bunch, "It's a Sunshine Day," mm -hmm. which is fantastic. So now you head on to the Battle Royale with Fortune Teller versus the Harp. They both had to sing the theme from Full House everywhere you look. So the Fortune Teller, in my opinion, did a good job. But honestly, the Harp nailed it. Even though it was a different style, it was sublime. Beyond anything I could ever hope for. So, of course, the Harp wins, and she automatically moves on to the semifinals. And now we move on to the big moment that I'm pretty sure, Charlie, you want to talk. You, you want to talk about. We talked about it the, the whole time, and I know we were excited to talk about it. So, um, oh, Fortune Teller gets the mass. Um, Jenny thought that she was going for Steve Harvey, P. Diddy, uh, Jonathan Siobhan, the chef. And then she came up with Damon Dash, who I, I have no idea who she is. So if any of you guys know who, who he is, let me know. Because I honestly have no idea who Damon Dash is. Um, and, then, and then Robin thought that he was Bray J. Again, I have no idea who he is. Just let me know who Bray J is. Um, Nicole thought... The fortune teller was Ryan Seacrest. But Ken, of all people, he caught up with the FUBU clues and death Damon John from Shark Tank. Well, get this. He was a mess. And for, on a rare occurrence, 
Wait, it wait, was Ken It was Ken Jung who got it right with Damon John as the fortune teller. How he <laughs> got it, I have no idea. Wait, you know, you know, wait, wait. You know how? It was like this. Well, okay, Ken. Uh, just so you know, this is um. Yes, make sure you say it correctly for us because we need that shocker. We need that waiting. So don't forget, <laughs> on your guess, make sure you say this. <laughs> the producers are feeding him the answers. We need these ratings, okay? So make sure you say this. <laughs> I think I'm going to say it. Wait, uh-oh, jo- Joseph. Huh? Do your McMahon impersonation like that. Oh, Vince. Doing, yeah. doing what? Um, Trying to talk to someone in their ear. Um, during a match or, or, or doing a segment like we're doing no, right now. Uh, make sure you mention the WWE app uh, every <laughs> single time. Uh, but yes, make sure you hit it. I, I, I know you said it a shitload of times already, but just make sure you hit it every single time. Uh, you know, gotta, 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 gotta make sure you get that promotion and God damn it. So. That's a good Vince impression. Oh my God, I love that. I love that. That was amazing. You, you know what? Exposure, God damn it, or you're fired. Ah. <laughs> You know what? And <laughs> with that, that being a segment, um, I think it'd be a good segue to go into mascot news. Oh, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, Charlie. W- w- one second before you go into mascot news, uh, I wanted to make one comment about the mass singer. Um, okay. I'm sorry if I don't sound more enthusiastic, but I honestly believe this is the worst season of the show by far. I I am not enjoying this season at all i do i i absolutely hate the format i absolutely hate it like i i i get it king of the hill type thing but it just it, it, it it's not fun it's not fun for the viewers it may be fun for you but it's not fun for the viewers like we actually want to see some characters you know bring something to the show the panther could have brought something or you know mm-hmm. someone else that we've seen already could have brought something you don't know. No, I would love to see the mummies again. Had in, in, in their arsenal, yeah. but instead, you just want to rush through it because you are too, you know, lazy to give me any sort of creativity on this two-hour show. So why don't you go back to the? You know what? If this honestly is the last season, this is a very shameful way for them to go out. Actually, shame on them. Actually, the um, actually the show is a one-hour show. I enjoy. I, I enjoyed the season in Australia. More than I did in the U.S., which is fine because two of the Wiggles actually appear on the Mass Singer. Yep. So, with that yep. being Sign said, mascot. Um, it is time for mascot news with Crystal from the coast. What's up, everybody? I am not on the coast today. At least not my coast. I'm all the way across the country on the other coast. Uh, I am in Oregon. Um, I'll be on closer to the coast later, but today I'm in Government Camp, Oregon, coming to you live from the beautiful uh, Timberline Lodge, which for all you horror fans out there was the exterior establishing shots for the famous movie The Shining. So I got together. Here's Johnny. Yep. (laughs) I got got together with about 100 fans from across the country. Nice. a few from Germany, uh, and we screened The Shining last night in this hotel. 
Wow. Um, and so if any of you guys are horror fans out there, check out Onset Cinema for more uh, events all across the country, Canada, and there's one outside of the North America next year. So that's where been? I'm at. Sorry. And I been? have like kind of weird internet reception here. So I'm actually going to turn off my video so that it doesn't lag. So I'm going to disappear, but I'll still be here talking. I was going to say, um, you got a lot of thoughts. So, yeah. I know one thing in the ma in mascot news. Mascots on TV. Mascots on TV programming. Mascots in pay-per-views. Mascots yeah. in pro wrestling. Mascots, you name them, they're there. Over the weekend, um, the oh. WWE had their premium live event extreme rules it was in philadelphia can you guess which mascots showed up at extreme rules but before yep. we get to that guess the wwe for the kickoff show and now showed the logo for wrestlemania 40 which is going to be in philadelphia i think so it's it, one I no think. 40 it's, it's 40 XL is 40. So, with that being said, who do you think showed up during the kickoff show? Do we feel um, who they had? Um, uh, you know, they did have the Philadelphia Eagles cheerleaders there. They helped them reveal. It was there. So, and they had the 76ers bell in display. Yes. Oh. I knew he was there. So, who do you think showed up to reveal the logo? Come on now. It, it got it to be Franklin. If it if the bell from the 76ers were there and the Eagles cheerleaders were there. Irvin. Irvin. Well, this is well, Philly, man. This is Philly. It, who is the most meme-worthy mascot in Philly? Come on. Oh, who do you uh, think it is? Gritty. Gritty. Oh, wait, but the thing is, <laughs> Franklin, Franklin oh, yeah. did show up what? at um, the revealing of the logo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And so he hit the bell. Pyro went off. They showed the logo. And we'll nice. get more into that at WrestleRage because I do want to talk about that logo because it is awesome. He's, you know, he's famous in Philly. And, and during the main the main show, uh, a certain orange creature showed up. Mm-hmm. We, yes. Gritty. gritty. It was gritty. And, and it was Gritty. Gritty. Um, he was interacting with the Miz. Of course. Oh, God. Yep. Kind of popping in, kind of following him. You know, he was—he just always seemed to be there, around the same time. Um, and and the thing is, I'm going to pull it up right now. The oh video is coming from the WWE. The video, um, is from WWE's YouTube. I mean, YouTube page. Um. It, uh, and this was a WWE Network exclusive. I don't so think we can this, show it because of copyright, right? I, I don't think we can. So yeah. that's why I'm just saying 
where you can find it. Yeah. Yes. You can find it on WWE's um, YouTube page or any of their um, social medias. Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook Twitter. and all that. Um, and, and, anyway, social and, media. Social, social media. media. Here's the play-by-play. Can I do the play-by-play? Oh, here we go. You want to, do, oh, yeah, you want to sure. say play-by-play? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Grady goes up to the Miz and tries to show him the T-shirt with uh, a ladder and Gritty on it. And the Miz grabs the T-shirt, throws it in Gritty's face and pretends to knock him down to the ground, uh, like punch him or kick him on the ground until he's seemingly unconscious. The backstory there is that the Miz thinks that it's Loomis that's in the costume. That it's it's him in the costume and not, you know, the, the real Gritty. So then... Loomis, right? Loomis comes up behind him and is just standing there ominously. And the Miz turns around and is like, oh no. And then Loomis uh, chokes him out and takes him down to the ground, picks up Gritty. And then Gritty gives uh, the Miz a few pardon kicks to the ribs. And him and the other guy walk off, you know, seemingly into the sunset. Um, You know, so Gritty got the last last laugh there and this really ties in well to what we were talking about a few weeks ago with marketing and taking an opportunity to meld multiple streams together and resources and crystal where they the, brought gritty the, into this the kicker it was a miss birthday oh, <laughs> oh. Happy, birth, happy birthday miss have you kicks you know that kind of surprises me that that the Miz didn't like Gritty. I mean, come on, like the Miz is is also a fan of a team that's orange. You know, he's a fan of the Cleveland Browns. So you know, with the Flyers, he should they, they should be friends because they're both used to being losers. You know, they're, they're, they're both used to it. No, I'm I'm kidding, Gritty. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, but you know, um, you know, I I have a really interesting theory to this question. What if, uh, like, do you think they would ever put the fanatic in that spot? Because I don't think they would have. Because, in my in my opinion, like the fanatic is like the goddamn president of Philadelphia, so no one could lay his hands on him. <laughs> like, I don't think they would let anybody lay their hands on the fanatic. Because I think no one. Gritty's just so mean worthy. Nobody disrespect the Philly. Or, nobody disrespects the. No one disrespects the, fanatic- the Philly fanatic. Honestly. Oh, to me, the fanatic, my dream. Yes. So, Crystal, what were you saying? Oh. Do you just want to point out a legality uh, that, you know, a lot of people in the mascot world uh, see all the amazing opportunities that Gritty's has um, in all these different avenues that he's been, you know, he's been on The Tonight Show and he's been, he's, he's broke a lot of barriers that other mascots he has been he also been with the He's also been with the Fab Five. And um, so one of the things I want to point out and I was talking to you guys about this earlier, um, is that uh, there is a partnership with, uh, and I think personally one of the reasons that Gritty gets a lot of these opportunities, other than the fact that he's awesome um, and he has an amazing team behind him, not just the hockey team, but the marketing team and his social media team, as well as the person, um, the performer. But Gritty is uh, part of a partnership by a really large TV company that has a, 
a partial ownership of the Flyers and has a partnership with the WWE and has a partnership with um, Saturday Night Live and a partnership with Late Night. So he's getting a lot of these opportunities because of the ownership, the umbrella that he's under. Um, and I think it's amazing that they're not cornering him to just hockey. You're the hockey mascot, you stand over there, stay in your lane. They're utilizing him in all these ways that they can. Um, sucks for everybody else, but really great to see him being utilized in all these ways. Very jealous though, that he gets to do all these awesome things that other people, it's not as easy for them to do. No, and, and the thing, and uh, the thing Gritty is, wasn't, Gritty wasn't the, the first mascot to take bumps on WWE television. We also had, of course, what you guys know from the Phoenix Suns as the Gorilla. We know <laughs> him. Uh, he took a bump from Kane, uh, as well as the famous San Diego Chicken. If you want to go further back, too, uh, I know Sir Purr has appeared in a couple episodes of old WCW programming. Jackson DeVille's been on some All Elite Wrestling programming. So it's all over the place, all over the spectrum. Yeah. Actually, you know, speaking of wrestling, um, I know this happened way earlier, but um, I think there was there was some person dressed in a white rabbit costume. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, you know what? I think that'd be another good... Um, segment because um, the thing is not a lot of people realize wrestling and mascots do go hand in hand because we yeah. uh, we both create storytelling we both create moments skits all this creativity and <laughs> and we all gonna, gonna hear more about this in depth when my when myself JMB the Wizard of West Texas and Curtis Witch Cannon we talk on the WrestleRage podcast. <laughs> so here he is right now. And the thing is, <laughs> I just lost thought for a second. Oh my god! And, I love the name. <laughs> and at Extreme Rules, a certain wrestler made his return. Mm -hmm. uh, do one of the loudest pops I have ever heard for any wrestler returning. And the thing is. For months, for weeks, they were giving teasers. They were playing a song, White Rabbit, during commercial break. They're doing QR codes. They're doing all this stuff leading up to this debut. Then during the go-home show of Friday Night SmackDown, a White Rabbit showed up. In Worcester, actually. Yep. Worcester, oh. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Actually, it was in Worcester, Massachusetts, actually. Fun fact. So, so, yep. so a white rat actually a white rabbit showed up costume. And I'll say that suit looked awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome looking it, um, it did. Suit. It, it did look awesome. Uh, I think it was who you think it to be honest with you. I mean, the, look at the way he walked. And I'll give my own little teaser for the Wrestle Rage podcast. Um, you guys have seen me doing characters on the show. Um, of course, for the Halloween season. But, you know, since we're talking about the return of Bray Wyatt, um, a, I'm going to bring in a similar creature of the night that everybody's familiar with. So <laughs> stay tuned. And you, can, and you can only hear that on the Wrestle Age podcast 
which is brought to you by the OIW Podcasting Network and Johnner's um <laughs> network as well. So stay tuned for that. Yep. And now it's time for our main event of this episode. Like I said previous in, uh, in the intro, the topic is community. The topic yeah. is the importance of going out in your community and what it means. And first off, I'll give one more plug. Is As you know, it's my birthday month. And I, I am doing a fundraiser all month long. You can find the link on the Mascot Support Group um, and Podcast Facebook page. I'm raising money for the Mascot Miracle Foundation. So if you go to facebook.com backslash Mascot Support Group, you'll find the pin and, and the link to make a donation to help the Mascot Miracle Foundation. Um, it's a great organization. They do great things in, in their communities. They help kids with special needs, kids in hospitals. They do a lot of great work. So with that being said, um, um, we, there's one mascot that's out there that's in the, in the community a lot. His name is Ollie the Otter. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, firstly, he, he cannot join us on the podcast. Um, he is not a talking mascot. He doesn't talk. So, but the thing is, I asked him, um, what, what's important about, about the community? Like why? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you word by word, ex- everything that he said to me. So what I said, what I said was, where is my, wait, there it is. I said, why is it important to be involved in the community? He said, the short answer is we are, we are a community. Humans need meaningful relationships, husbands, wives, parents, children, brothers, sisters, friends, community partners. All these relationships are important for our well-being. That's the short answer. We need love, encouragement, support, care, accountability, connection, guidance, mentorship. We need to laugh, share, exchange ideas, learn from others. These aids in our group growth and purpose. So since those are needs, it's essential. As mascots, the ambassadors of the teams, business or organizations, to be active in our community. Every team, college pro, minors, every business, every organization has a purpose. The mascot has the great opportunity to not just tell what the purpose is, but to show it. To be something very tangible. Something very rare to demonstrate. The deep, deeper purpose of that team, business, and organization. And bring out meaningful relationships be- between those and titles and individuals. So that's what opponents about being involved in the community, according to Ollie the Otter, um, out of the Carolinas. And he's one of those mascots that is also in his community, doing great things for uh, his his Ollie Warriors. So yeah. Um. Shout out to all. But for all those mascots out there that are watching us on our YouTube channel, please, uh, uh, please, um, share your um community outreach, share your stories with us. 
we'd love to know how you guys get involved with your community because it's always great about giving back. But I'll uh, say, let's go around the room. And if you have a great charity event that you remember, share it out. Who would like to go first? You mean anything um, or something we've done as a mascot that we participated in? Mascot or community um, participation. Um, do volunteer events count? I can share if you yes. want. Um, right. helping out with, uh, yeah, helping out with Shriners, uh, the Shriners Children's, um, trying to get their, ma- uh, their mascot. Um, they ever to find a foundation. They needed a performer and they called me for it and nice enough. Um, those, those people were, were they've been very kind with me. I've been doing a lot of things with them in the community and, um, telling people, hey, you know, if you need help, this is the place where you need to be, you know, if you got a kid with special needs, you know, um, Shriners Hospital is, you know, where, where kids with special needs get their, their, their treatment, you know, they don't, they don't waste their time or anything. They want to, they want to, they want to, they, they want to know what's going on in life. They want to know what's happening. And they've been sharing, almost it's it's their 100th anniversary i think and they've been doing it for many years so that's one way i can say that i got into the community with shriners for me there are several that has come to mind i'll go back to like two different situations one was when i was a sophomore in college as pause the catamount which was our school's mascot Uh, we did a thing with the basketball team and it was legit we would we, we went around the town and if you've ever been to the mountains of north carolina it's very mountainous rural part of town especially say for Asheville, it's very very populous been over there for several cons so i know how populous Asheville can be but i went to western carolina and one of our things we did was we were with the basketball team and we drove and we gave uh, we don't we hand delivered like basketball season tickets and we got to meet the area understand the area because it's a rural poor area of north carolina it's not safe for asheville which is big some of you have been to asheville uh it's big and you know very 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 wealthy so it's very different we got to see that understand that we got to understand the fan base a bit too the other one i remember was 2019 when i was with i was in fayetteville uh we did a visit about an hour and a half away from town to unc chapel hill which is very renowned hospital their pediatric oncology center and while that's you know chapel hill much closer to the triangle raleigh durham all that stuff but it was in an area where we could still make an impact there was we got to visit and uh, meet with kids that were battling cancer and that kind of stuff uh that really that was that that stuff that i always look back on i still have a framed picture of me during that visit because it's still like is one of the visits that i think of a lot when i think of being involved in community or just being able to make some kind of impact in someone's life as what I did. So that's two, that's two examples that I could think of when it came to uh, community involvement. Joseph, do you have anything? Uh, yeah. So, you know, despite, you know, being a mascot, uh, you know, I, I, I've done both. I've done events, you know, with mascots and with 
um, you know, as, as myself, you know, like I said, I was in uh, substance abuse prevention for many years. And, um, you know, of course, working with kids with autism, special needs is always a specialty of mine. Uh, and, you know, it's really a gift. So like uh, with Chuck E. Cheese, I did a, um, an autism run, um, you know, just there to support uh, the kids uh, who were there the teams um and um i mean there there's just too many names for me um mostly volunteer uh th there have been some charity stuff mostly volunteer stuff and they were you know just very what was that i'm sorry that, that, that was kind of weird um anyway um so yeah i mean you know the the charity events and the uh the non nonprofit events that I've done, you know, I've gotten to meet amazing people from all over, all over the state, all over the nation, sometimes even all over the world. Like I gotten to meet uh, this one group from um, Botswana, Botswana, Africa, mm -hmm. uh, who came to uh, one of the youth camps uh, that I went to when they were uh, just to see how happy they were you know in a place like this it it really touched me um and then you know one of our speakers uh he came from hawaii um and uh you know he's a diehard indianapolis colts fan he has a cult season ticket so uh very good friends with blue i appear uh and um yeah it's just been an absolute gift you know having uh being able to give back to such an amazing community I started in my hometown in Midland, Texas, and eventually uh, I went to uh, uh, down here to Dallas uh, later on. And, uh, you know, at one of those events was when I saw Rocky the Rockhound. I was one of my uh, favorite mascots ever for my hometown in Midland. So, um, you know, it was sort of the precursor to what would become, you know, later on, you know, um, truly what, what my character was since I portray them in different ways. And, you know, speaking of characters, you know, it was just, you know, very, what, what, what is that sound? I, I don't understand that sound that keeps going off. And anyway, um, yeah, so I, I enjoy what I do very much. I'm sorry if my answer is all over the place. Uh, um, for me, like I remember the one dog, uh, one event I did was involving dogs. It was it was in Fort Lauderdale downtown. It was my um myself as Owsley. TD was there. Um, you you can see a little clip of it on my highlight reel of Owsley's um. 2007 highlight reel. So that's one event that, that always sticks to me. Like, I remember it. I loved it. It was fun. Uh, I know there was one mascot performer that would do 5Ks in suit. And that was Robert Birdwin as Clutch. Oh. He was one for organ donation. He would actually do it in clutch, all of it. So, um, that's one person I know that does things like that. 
for those mascots are listening, mascot performers. Um, if you have done a 5K, if you prefer, if you've done the one in the suit, I'm talking about the entire thing, not just one of the one like one a mile, half a mile. Have someone pick you up. You go to the exit and the finish line, and you want to cross the finish line. I'm talking about the full 3.2 miles. Like, if you have done that in suit, please let us know so we can give you a round of applause and a shout out. Because that takes a lot of training to make um to be to pull that off. Crystal. I know uh, the Kames Foundation does a bunch of uh, work throughout the year. Um, but one of the things that I've been involved in uh, multiple times is the <clears throat> special needs box. So basically, they hold a series of suites aside for a certain number of games, and they fill those suites with you know, kids from various organizations that have special needs. And uh, when they see the mascots, it's it's just magic, J- you know, similar to what JMB was saying. Um, it just m- makes you melt. <laughs> um, and it was one of my favorite things that I got to do um, throughout the season is, is that, you know, um, that game and i believe actually it might be the jordan stall foundation that spearheads it um his foundation he's the captain of the hurricanes um and i think it's his foundation that spearheads all that and actually rents out the suites um with the with the hurricanes foundation um so that's definitely one i mean every every team in every sport i think has some connection to the special needs community which is really great Mm -hmm. um and it's just, it's a special, a special, you know, interaction for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, I know one thing I love about stadiums are doing, arenas and all them, for, for kids with special needs, for kids on the spectrum, autism, they're sensory rooms. I think that is the coolest thing that stadiums and, and stadium theme parks, all doing, uh, restaurants, all doing now. I love it. Um, theme parks have a, have sensory areas. Um, rest. Um, sorry, stadiums have a sensory area, and some may have a kit where they can go pick up headphones. Um, because of loud noise or like other things to help them be able to enjoy the game. Restaurants, for instance, let's say Chuck E. Cheese, they do sense. Joseph, is it sensory Sundays? Yeah, sensory sensitive Sundays for Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, so they they would do a um special day where they will lower the lights, they'll lower the music, they'll lower the sound, the volumes of the games, and they would do a special a few hours and let them enjoy. And I think that it's very cool that businesses all over are doing things like that. And I know uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying where I work. I know what they did um, at one point. They had a special sensory show where they did the same thing. They had lower music. The lights were not really going crazy. And, and, they, and they catered to those that, um, that needed it. So 
kudos to all those companies that are doing things like this. And it's like it is really appreciated. Yeah, hockey hockey teams are also doing it too in some of their games. Yeah. I know I know like if you're not paying attention and a go horn goes off, boy, those are loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they Oh, if you go to a a concert, pyrotechnics yes. going off. Yeah. Like I've left concerts because of the pyro going off, confetti cannons uh, exploding. Oh, that's right. Like I've my balloons popping. I've left yeah. events because of those reasons. But now the thing is I have like I love it. I love going to concerts looking for the pyro. I love going to firework nights at theme parks. I love that stuff. Now, like because I've seen the insight. I know what it's like. I know what they what what they do for the stuff, how it's made, how it's all that. Yes. So like I remember seeing Britney Spears. 1998 crazy turn, oh. and they had the side of she was my first concert that had pyro that I lasted the entire show. Wow, yeah. wow! And the thing is, I caught something, I was on the side of the state, like a side view. I saw the sound booth, I mean, the pyro booth, and all that. I saw a light go off. I saw like a beacon light right before a loud pyro explosion. Mm-hmm. So I saw that. I was like, okay, pyro is about to happen. So it's like, for those that are that are petrified of pyrotechnics, things like that, concerts, you know what? Look for things like that. You may be able to find a little clue that pyro is about to go off. Yeah. And I know I'm going a little off topic right now, but I think it it was a little good, good little segue. Guys, we're talking about. Um, I don't think you, you didn't ask me about mine at all. And I want to go right now now to you, and be like, um, like I said, I know you do a lot of volunteer work. Yes, I, I yes, I have done some volunteer work before. Um, I remember first one I ever did was last year, there was a uh, volunteer event, I don't remember, it was like Christmas, it was like a Christmas volunteer event um, in somewhere in Knoxville. Um, I'm part of a group, a cosplay group, that that does like volunteer work and sometimes char- um, charity auctions. Um, and of course, the, of course, the charity is waiting to hear helping um, 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 kids to the deaf. And um, they asked me, and um, they were doing this um, Christmas event at, I don't remember, I don't remember where, where it is in Knoxville, but um, it was Christmas-themed, and they brought along uh, Deadpool, Santa Deadpool, and Iron Man, and the only Christmas character I could think of was the Grinch. So I brought out the Grinch for that event um, for one day. I think it was like sun, like Sunday, I believe, that. But and I came a little, I came in a little later than I originally was going to do because um it was snowing, so it was snowing really badly. So I came in a little late, but I did the event. It was fine, and um, of course I brought the Grinch out again just recently uh, for Christmas in July at the mall because, fun fact, originally they they asked me to bring Barney, 
but then I wanted to make sure what the event was for. It was like Christmas in July. So I thought, you know, I think Barney would work for a Christmas event. So I went out, went out to the Grinch. So I got this little area. Like I basically, I did the Easter Bunny for, um, for, for it's kind of like that. You sat, you, you sat down in a chair w- with a backdrop and um, you just like, like sit next to them or sit in the labs. Um, I'm trained in which you, you're you're sitting next to a baby and you're not supposed to hold them while standing. You have to make have them sit, sit, sit on your lap. And you know, sometimes you always say like, oh, I love you. So like, you're my favorite. That always tears me because someone who um, grown affection to, to a character that I performed, it really is touching because um, it shows them, how, it, it shows me that I'm doing a good job. It shows I know what they like and what they want to see out of me as a performer. So it's always good to it's always it's always good to see someone um, if you're performing a certain character that that they enjoy. Yet you, you gotta do a good job. You gotta you gotta give them what they like because otherwise, what's the point? So yeah, I've done volunteer work. I haven't done chair. I don't think I've done charity work. Although I did, I did help with a charity auction for a convention. Not as a mascot character, but as Top Gun Maverick. Um, but um, but it's always good to have like a. It, it's always good, like like even if you're not particularly trained at all, it's a good way to to help enhance your skills as as being a mascot, doing events and parties and whatnot. I feel like it's it, it's a good way to like help training in a way. Like even if you're not professionally trained, you, you don't have enough to go to like a mascot school or something. Just just try going to events. Maybe try 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 going to events in a in a costume and see how you do. And in a great way for those that want a mascot and they want to find a ways um to make maybe a little extra income. Exactly. Mascot organization. Mascot organization is a, is a great organization. Um, mascots.org. Um, join. Um, I, I asked to join their um, their performance list. Um, they'll ask you where you live. If there's anything in your area and you fit that range, they may have a gig for you. So that is one way to look to see if this is for you, or if it if it is for you. And you want to continue on performing? That's another way of doing it. So, I think we had a very good discussion about community outreach and how important it is for the um the community, the teams, the organizations, the performer, all around. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking of, of a good way to send this episode off. Joseph, what do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, I I definitely think so. You know, it's uh, it's definitely an important thing to you know reflect and realize. You know, the reason that we are really here as mascots is to give back to our fans, give back to the city, give back to the state, give back to our local communities. You know, those in need and you know, it can be in any way, you know, maybe, you know, it is, you know, to help someone who is less fortunate, or maybe, 
and just, you know, to help someone uh, as far as mental health goes, you know, because today was a mental health day. Um, you know, just make sure you reach out to your friends, make sure you reach out to your family, uh, make sure that they are doing okay. Um, you know, because we're here for each other, um, you know, and just as a mascot community itself, you know, it's, it's a very strong uh, brotherhood over here. You know, we uh, brotherhood, sisterhood. Love, we love, we love, yeah, yeah, brother and sisterhood. Brotherhood, motherhood, fatherhood, siblinghood, parenthood. Yes. <laughs> we, hey, we, we love what we do. Hey, yes, everythinghood. So, yeah. even Robin um, Hood. And, and the thing is, we will say this multiple times. Um, the mascot support group, we are all inclusive. We are an inclusive um, group. We don't care what you are. We don't care yes. your political views. We don't care about um, what kind of person you are. Right. Male, yep. female, transgender, Christian, Catholic, Astrospan. Wait, 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 what? What did I just say? <laughs> Which one? Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. You know, hey. funny thing is, the Astros playing against the Mariners at the playoffs. Hey, you know, no, I had to get, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I had to get one. I had to get. You one. had to get one in. But I'm, I'm sorry. I had to get one. We, for real. Uh, for, for real. Though. Like, we, can. We, Hold on. We, we we do love you. We do love you. We do love you. I'm serious. Like you, you, even though I, I I rag on your Astros, I do love you. Seriously, I do. Yeah. And- <laughs> Oh my god, I just lost my thought for a moment. I'm just laughing so hard. Let's yes. go, Mariners! Oh yeah, you know what? Okay, Let's you just put go, you just got it back in my head. You know what? Seattle has a lucky charm. Seattle Bowie. has Bowie. something special, and Bowie. it's a it's a once in a blue moon, once in a generation, something like this Bowie. happens. Bowie. And, once in a blue troll, and <laughs> it, 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 where is my hat? Of course you Okay. Oh my god. He's bringing that. I am bringing that. This is a new thing now. A buoy. It's, it's a new thing now just because it's awesome. Y'all ever hear when the moose when the mariner moose broke his leg? Oh there we go. Really? I did not know that. Oh, it's it, it, it was on this other podcast, but the essentially I think it was during a big playoff game, so it became big news, but they were he was on like the kingdom. This was in the 90s, so they had the kingdom, and he was like mm-hmm. like sliding on the turf. And the idea is, you know, he slides in, goes into the exit, and that's how he gets out. But and- he crashed into the wall and breaks his ankle. Um, <laughs> And as the story goes, the guy who was his handler was talking about like having to help a man get into a hospital. Then I think it, I think it was the game in which Edgar Martinez hits the base hit and they win the game to go to the championship series. He's like, he comes to the hospital where he's staying. He's like, Hey, I got a tape of what happened of, of the it's great thing. You're going to love this. Turns out they gave him a tape of when he broke his leg. And so the guy is like, why are you showing me this? I'm sorry. I didn't know. Wow! So, yeah, wow. it's it's a true story. It's a true story how the Mariner, the Moose, legit broke his leg during the ALDS. Wow! Well, it's okay. Bowie's going to give them, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the, hey. the encouragement that they need. There but you, uh, you know, since since it is the Halloween season, who's ready for an Astros joke? What is no? Wait, 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 wait
wait, 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 wait. Body. Ladies and gentlemen, this following segment, the mascots of food group does not represent. It's time <laughs> for roasts with J and B. You're such an Roast. asshole. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. But um what what is the difference? What is the difference between an Astros pitcher and a mummy? Oh my gosh. Oh, a no. mummy, a mummy knows how to wrap up. And the Astros don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't know how to wrap it up. <laughs> well, I think the mummy would have a better ERA for one. What what, uh, what, that's a good one. what 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 do they have in common with lawn furniture? They both fold in October. Oh my god. Oh my wow. Wow. <laughs> Get off the stage. What do I have in common with the Houston Astros? Wait, wait. We'll both be You're watching from Texas. Win. That's why. And he got muted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both be watching the World Series on our couches. And that and that, Stop ladies and gentlemen, me. is what happened. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when Texas AM loses to Alabama. <laughs> Hey, Even at least it was close. At least it was close. You should not, still the, want, you, you, you should not be proud of that win because your your offense should be a lot more dominant than that. You should have been beating Texas AM by a lot more than that. But you know the okay. reason why? Because Bill O'Brien is a hack. Oh, yeah, because he was okay, little known fact. Bill O'Brien, of course, was the manager for the Texans, which Joseph is from. What I want to know, you know what? It's not just—it's not just that he was the manager of the Texans. I'd be saying this if he was the manager of the Dolphins. I'd be saying this if he was the manager of the Cowboys. I'd be saying this at any time because Bill O'Brien is legitimately awful. You are not getting to the national championship game with Bill O'Brien as one of your coaches, as one of your coordinators. I know that Nick Saban's one of the greatest head coaches of all time, but sometimes you need the right coordinators, you need the right minds to lead you to the right place. And Bill O'Brien is not that. He nearly lost to Texas. He nearly lost to Texas A&M. You've had many, many close calls. So in, in, in my eyes, if I'm looking at the rest of the division, you're going to have a very, very tough time putting up points on the board when you go against other defenses, especially Georgia. Georgia has one of the best defenses in college football. So you're going to have trouble putting up points against them. And, of course, Bill O'Brien is your offensive coordinator. You cannot tell me, but you know what? I, I might, it might have been stupid to pick Texas A&M because of how overrated Jimbo Fisher is as a head coach. I'll admit that, but wow. I will put my money. <laughs> I'll put, ev- I'll put anything on the line right now, saying that Georgia once again not only repeats as national champions, but they will beat Alabama once again because your offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien, and he is a hack. You cannot put points up on the board against that Georgia defense with Bill O'Brien as your as your coordinator. I will die on this hill. Well, uh, you know what? He may be a hack, but but he's a hack that gave us a win. So suck on. So take that. Whoa, whoa. You, you lost. You lost to Georgia in the national hey, championship hold game. Up, what exactly hold am I talking about? Hold up. Hold up. take it back. Hold up. I feel like this should end up becoming a social media exclusive. This debate. So we're, yes. going, we're going to hold on to this. We can put a pin on this debate. Oh my God. If you want to hear more of this debate, 
make sure you're following the Mascot Support Group podcast on Instagram at Mascot Support Group. And make sure you hit that notification symbol to make sure you know when we go live and you can hear the rest of this debate. Yes, and maybe we can have a World Series, you know, watch along, you know, where the Mets won't be. Because I bet next season, Irvin's going to be in those seats inside Fenway Park when they're playing the Mets. And he's going to be chanting, come to Boston. Come to Boston. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. J&B. You're saying your New York's favorite song should be Let Go Yankees. No. That's, no. Well, no one likes the Yankees. <laughs> Nobody likes the Yankees. Eric, you know what? I'll make, I, you know what? I actually saw this on the news. You know I what? actually saw this in speculation. Aaron Judge might be a Ranger next year. Yeah, that is know, true. That is oh. true. That is what's going on. They're, 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 it's the Giants and the Rangers that are supposed to be offering him. No, my <laughs> no, my my prediction is Aaron Judge is going to become a Red Sox. No, no, <laughs> he's coming to Texas. That Texas. that actually happened on we one of my MLB of- the Show Sims. Wait, what? We got, yeah, we got like rid of our wait, wait, no, wait, no, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Yeah, I was playing MLB the Show once, and you know, Judge was like a free agent the next year, and I remember swimming through, and I had the biggest laugh because I go to Boston's roster, and I'm like, wait, he's a socks? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So Red so- Red Sox on top, man. You know, so Boston. They, they so just we fired. Gonna, wait, they, look, I, they just fired their president and their general manager, John Daniels, after 16 years because he couldn't get the job done. And now that we got a new GM, now we have a chance to actually do something against the rest of the league. You know what, guys? Let's end it. We, we need to start wrapping this episode up. Yeah. Um, so... Like I said, make sure you follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. All all social media. Also, all social media platforms. And hit those notifications. Make sure you guys know when we go live. We're going to have a few Instagram exclusives, I feel, this week. We're going to have, of course, J&B's Picks of the Week. We're also going to have the debate that um, Lucas and JMB were going on. And we're also going to have I'll a few others discussions be on Instagram Live. So make sure you guys hit those notifications to know when we go live. Because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yep. Like we always do. Yeah. That's why our episodes are almost two hours long. Yep. Yeah. And we thank you guys. So coming to you from the Mascot Support Group Podcast Radio um, Studios, Podcast Studios, thank you so much for listening to OIW Podcast Networks, the Mascot Support Group Podcast. Yeah. And until next time. See you guys.
See you later. What's up? And See have ya. a good evening. See y'all later.